I'm Scott Mitchell May, and I am going to be reading a piece called Buckets of Beer, uh, which is a short essay originally published in Major 7th magazine. Uh, the, the version published in Major 7th was edited for length because Kirsty gave me a 750-word limit, and I went over it because that is what I do. Um, I also read this piece in its unedited version uh, at Mallory Smart's book launch uh, not too long ago in Chicago, and I think that prompted her to ask me to read it here for Off the Record. Uh, So I'm going to read sort of a a hybridized version between the edited version and the non-edited version and see what we come up with. Also, there are words that I personally redacted in the published version that I might may or might not read as uh, we go. So we'll see. This is Buckets of Beer. And I would pair this song with any song by the Tossers, really. They are just one of the best Irish punk bands in the country. They predate Dropkick by more than a few years. And uh, they're Southside Chicago through and through. A uh, bunch of Patty Pulaski's and they have my heart. Buckets of Beer. All you people need to know about Seven Dead Arson is that it was an independent punk record store opened sometime in like 1998 or 1999 in DeKalb, Illinois by a guy named Josh Hastert, who just happened to be the son of Dennis Hastert, who at the time of the store's opening was a Republican congressman representing Illinois since forever, and by the time of the store's closing was the Speaker of the House of Representatives. And that Josh had Thumper the Bunny shooting heroin tattooed on his arm and a rather large barcode tattooed on the back of his head. The first time I met Josh Hastert was at his apartment above Seven Dead, and he was handing me a 40-ounce of King Cobra malt liquor and telling me and the guys who would become known as the 40-ounce kids that we could smoke and drink in the apartment as long as we also cleaned the apartment. The booze was payment. The cigarettes we brought with us. We were all 15. A year or so later, I was the only one still working for Josh, still getting paid in booze, but I wasn't cleaning the apartment anymore. The basement at Seven Dead was a large concrete floor with a, with a back door to an alley, a stage Josh and Porno Jim built, and a storeroom that was used as a backstage during shows and the unofficial social club of the 40-ounce kids at all other times. At first, I was the door guy for basement shows and would be at the top of the stairs taking money and stamping hands. When the show started, it was obvious, and it was obvious that no one else was coming. I'd be given a 40 ounce of King Cobra, or whiskey, or whatever was handy at the time, and I'd head downstairs. I saw the tossers play without clothes because T. Duggins decided it was rock out with your cock out night. Josh told me to never tell T. Duggins he could crash at the store, or my house, or anywhere anyone valued. I saw the dead end cruisers, Boris the Sprinkler, and Hudson Falcon in that basement too. Then I ran the soundboard. I can't remember all the weird and local, local to the upper Midwest punk bands I did sound for, but I remember doing sound for the Tossers. It was my second show running the board, and I was on acid, and Porno Jim knew that because I told him. About 15 minutes into the set, I knew something was wrong, but I lacked the ability to rectify the situation as I was alone in the basement at the soundboard at the soundboard surrounded by gutter punks and skins wondering what the fuck was happening until porno jim delivered me a pint a pint glass full of whiskey as remedy for the situation he fixed the levels and told me to calm down and just watch the colors that worked the band played buckets of beer after the fix i chain smoked camels i watched the colors i did not look up from my board Speaking of skins, these two skins claiming Sharp were down from Chicago for some weeks due to having some beef there, and the 40-ounce kids had to share the backstage with them. 
G was big in the way that some skins are big. C was slight but sinewy and tough. One afternoon, G, myself, and one or two other 40-ounce kids were drinking Guinness backstage, and he misplaced his switchblade. He swore he brought it in with him, swore he always had it on him, swore he wouldn't have left it anywhere. Drunk, we all looked. But we did not find the switchblade, and things got menacing. There was yelling and threats from both G and us. The three of us probably couldn't take the one of him, uh, but it was looking like it was heading that way until C brought, a, brought the switchblade in with him from the car, where G had left it. About a year later, C and G held me down at a house party and shaved the spikes off my head. They said they did it because they liked me. I think they wanted me to feel like I belong somewhere. Then they put a Johnny Reb tape on the boombox and their whole deal became clear and I knew I didn't belong with them. But they were right. My spikes looked fucking stupid. By the time Seven Dead closed for keeps, I was the only one still hanging out. Still hanging on hope that the place could, ju- could, the place could last. Josh, Porno Jim, the weird heroin addict guy Josh was letting crash so he could kick, who ended up drinking a bottle of sipping whiskey one night and passing out on his arm, cutting off the blood and having it atrophy. Chris the straight-laced, the punk rock chick veterinarian who put my eyebrow back together after I walked straight into a lamppost and then gave me blackberry brandy. The guy, the guy who showed me how to bend a camel in half, cherry to butt, and then unfold it again and have it still smoke to win bar bets. They let me be around on my terms, and they never told me I was too much, and needed, and they needed a break. It was fucked up, but it worked, and it was what I needed at that point in my life. I kept in touch with only two other 40-ounce kids. One works at a Target distribution center and has a beautiful family, and the other is in healthcare somewhere down south and doing well. Of the remaining, one is dead, one is in and out of rehab slash jail slash churches, and the other three are probably doing whatever people do when they stick around to Cal, Illinois. I haven't seen Josh since I was 17 and often wonder what he's up to. Dennis Hastert died in disgrace after spending 13 months in prison for crimes uncovered during an investigation into bank transfers that led law enforcement to uncover a hush money scheme orchestrated to cover up Hastert being a serial child molester, dating back to his time as a teacher and wrestling coach. And the the seven dead days remain fresh for all who were there, because for some kids, what they need is to be unhinged, to get drunk like Viking and invade the next door front over, to fist fight your best friend over some bullshit, and to have someone just slightly older than yourself tell you your impulses are valid. Because as the song says, I told you if I die now, I'm as happy as a fool. (laughs) 